Are you ready for change? Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. You're listening to the Mr. Change Agent Podcast with your host, Ron Ovid, minister, pastoral counselor, teacher, recovery coach, author, and creator of Emotional Relearning. We want to welcome you back to the podcast, and uh, there's plenty of them on here. I trust if you're new to the podcast, you'll sign up, you'll tell others about it, and look at the many podcasts that are already on this channel. Uh, Ron, welcome back, and today I understand we're going to be talking about hope. Why would you pick a topic like hope? So many times, you know, people come to me in counseling or they talk about, you know, feeling hopeless or helpless. And it could be situational, you know, you're in a financial mess. could be uh, addictions, you know, you don't know what to do. could be a relationship. But often we find ourselves feeling helpless and hopeless. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. Okay. Any, from an industry standard, uh, how many, what percent? of those listening would you think would be battling with a feeling of hopelessness? Well, I think a high percent, maybe not a general, you know, hopelessness, life's not worth anything, although we're going to be doing a podcast uh, on suicide. I mean, we know that suicide's gone up. We know that anxiety is is prevalent. Uh, I think a lot of times the hopelessness is because of the lies we're believing in things and we're generalizing. So I'd say I'd say 40% probably feel at some time little hopeless situations are out of control. All right. Well, let's talk about it, Ron. It, what's it come from? Where's it where's it start? Well, you know, all of us have had uh, times when we felt hopeless and helpless and there's a theory came out oh quite a few years ago. I studied it when I was in undergrad uh, called learned helplessness. Uh, Martin Segelman had uh, come up with this experiment where he wor- worked with a dog and they put him in a, a pen and they put a divider in the pen and the floor had a metal plate and that they could shock. It was the two plates, one on each side of this divider. And so they put the dog in there and they gave it a mild shock and it jumped over the divider, got on the other side and everything was fine. And then uh, they shocked that side, and the dog jumped back to the other side, and they did that, and the dog was able to get out each time. Well, then they took and they secured the dog to the one side where he couldn't he couldn't get up and leave, and they shocked him. And uh, he, he tried to leave, he couldn't, and they shocked him again. He tried to leave, he couldn't. It wasn't enough shock that they're killing the dog by any means, but it was uncomfortable. But what they found is that after a while, the dog just laid there, resigned to the fact it's being shocked periodically and it can't do anything. So they untied the dog. And they gave it some time. They untied the dog, let him loose and whatever. And then they shocked him again. He just sat there. He didn't move. Did it again. Didn't move. They had to literally show, help the dog hurdle the little fence, get on the other side, and helped it. They had to retrain it how to escape the shock. And his theory was that uh, this is how many of us become after we go through a crisis and it, it, those things that keep going and keep going. And what I find is a lot of times the helplessness comes and is perpetuated consistently because of the lies we believe about ourselves. If I'm broken, what hope is there, right? If, if uh, nobody loves me, why should I think it's going to be any difference? If I have to please people all the time and that's an impossible task, 
why should I even try? And so a lot of times those lies, those things uh, that we believe uh, stop us. And so we need to learn how to become mature. And so that's why I want to kind of talk a little bit about today. Well, Ron, I understand what you're saying about the dogs. That's that's intriguing. Uh, how does that apply to us as humans, though? Is it a resignation? What what is it you're you're implying there? Well, let's let's look at it this way. I, I, when we have some, when we have expectations, we all have expectations and uh, about different things. In fact, one of the secrets in leadership is to know how to manage expectations, right? So we have expectations in our life, and often what happens is that. Uh, we get disillusioned. You know, things don't work out, so we get disillusioned. And then out of that disillusionment comes this discouragement. And we get discouragement, and then we start to doubt. You know, doubt about ourselves, doubt about life, doubt about the situation. And then there's this helpless despair. And I call that a circle of immaturity because that's not using our full mature faculties. It's not including the spiritual parts of ourselves. But it's common. I mean, it's typically how we it's go. It's cyclical. I mean, it's just one right. thing leads to the other. Right. Expectation, disillusionment, discouragement, doubt, helpless despair. But then there's a circle of maturity that we can strive for. And that is we have expectation, disillusionment comes again, but then there's this acceptance. You know, okay, I didn't make it this time. I came in third place. You know, now what am I going to do? Well, I wait. There's a period of waiting and then I adapt. I adapt. Now, maybe it's in sports and you say, well, the adaption part then is to improve, to work on the things I was weak at, look at the films, you know, whatever it may mean. But you're looking at expectation, disillusionment, acceptance. And and acceptance is harder than we think sometimes. But acceptance is really key. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, we don't try hard or we just halfway do something and then say, well, I accept that, you know. (laughs) This is talking about something we really worked on. We had great expectations. It didn't work. Well, accepting your limitations. Well, that might be. That might be one. Uh, There's, here again, what can I do to improve when maybe the adaption part, but accepting the fact that, hey, it didn't work out this time. Accepting the fact that, you know, he left me. You know, accepting the fact that, you know, we claim bankruptcy. You know, no one wants to believe those things. It hurts. But there is that time when we finally have to accept some things. But then we wait. We wait. How are we different than the dog then at that point where the dog just lays down? Well, the dog accepts. The thing is the waiting, thinking about it, pondering, and then the adaption. Okay. The adapting is the part that's different. Otherwise, the dog doubts, then helpless despair. Right. right. So adapting is action. To adapt means you're going to do something given the present circumstances, not just going to lay there and die. Right. You're exactly. going to do something. It right. might be limited. You don't know, but you're, you're going to do something. Well, there's a whole program out there called ACT, A-C-T, and it's, uh, it works with pain, pain, people with pain and other things as well. And the first A is acceptance, right? And what they're talking about sometimes is when you get uh, chronic pain and it starts to really crouch in on your life. And the thing is, though, after a while, you have to accept the fact that maybe I'm limited, maybe there, maybe this will go on, but am I going to let it ruin my life? Am I going to let it make all the decisions for me? You know, what can I do? What, am I going to give up all my purpose in life? 
Am I going to give up all? And that's that's that waiting part where we start to, you know, I'm sure you're discouraged about your back, right? And I'm sure there gets times. But once you start saying, okay, I'm doing everything I can. I know it's there. It's not going to go away by itself. Mm -hmm. Then you wait and then you say, okay, am I going to? let life just pass me by well there's a curt saying that a lot of people do and they do it indignantly but they go just deal with it well in a way you are saying deal with it but not in a negative way oh, no certainly not in a no but you uh, mean putting it, down way because these right. are serious issues I, right. everyone i mean that's like telling someone not to grieve right, right. <laughs> i mean that's disrespectful right I wouldn't do that. Uh, no, there's a, there's a grieving process, you know, when these things happen, and and part of that is finally saying, well, let let me give you another one. How how do we do this in a spiritual sense? I call this the circle of renewal. Again, we have expectations, but the difference that we can do as we believe in God, instead of being disillusioned, because that's a powerful thing when you think, and I'm disillusioned. The Old Testament shows us that people did a lament. They lamented. Now, lamenting is certainly expressing your grief, expressing your discontent, expressing your upsetness. Yeah, David did it all the time, and sure. the majority of the Psalms are lament songs. Sure. So, and there's a good example. I mean, and so lamenting is stating the facts as you see them to a God who's there. Now, you can maybe think he doesn't care, but he does. When you're lamenting, you're, you're not getting the why answers, right? But you are at least expressing your emotions, and that's, that's important. Well, what happens then is instead of just acceptance, we surrender to him. Now, that's a huge difference. Uh, this is where faith comes in. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. We say, Lord, you've heard my prayers. You know that I'm here. That's why a lot of laments ended up, well, I'll, I'll continue with your f faithful love, you know. We trust God, right? We trust God, and we trust his love. We may not like the circumstances when we don't fully understand, uh, but we get to that place of more than acceptance, we surrender to him. And then we do another spiritual thing, and that is waiting on the Lord. That's the difference between the wait, just waiting, pondering, which is a good thing. But this is more than just waiting and pondering. This is waiting on the Lord. This is uh, taking that spiritual submission before him and trusting him and getting insight and getting courage, getting whatever he gives you because he sustains us, right? He helps us. We are more than conquerors. And so that's the difference when faith comes in, when he gives us hope. That's what hope is. And so we go from waiting on the Lord to then renewing our mind, which is different than just adapting. We're renewing our mind. You know, that's a perfect example as Elijah. In the desert, he was bummed because after all those miracles, all those miracles that happened, the queen is still out to get him. She didn't repent. Right. Ahab probably would have. He was on his way to repenting. He was going, oh, wow, this is unbelievable. But he gets over to Jezebel. Oh, may the same be done to me if he isn't dead by this time. And, and Elijah takes off. And everyone, a lot of people think he was running because he was afraid. Well, he was afraid. But if he was afraid, he would have stopped in Israel, which was mm -hmm. only like a few miles away, and hid behind Jehoshaphat. But instead, he runs 40 miles further into the desert and there he's lying and saying I might as well be dead I'm no better than my father's 
And what happens at that point? He lies down, and the comfort of the Lord comes Hmm. in an angel, feeds him, gives him drink, says, get your strength. You're going to go somewhere tomorrow. He gets up, takes him to a cave, and God shows him all these powerful things, the earthquake, the wind, the lightning, you know, the fire, all that. And each time he says, I'm not in that. I mean, he's powerful, he's in it, but that's not his essence. And then comes what is interpreted as a still small voice, and there's a lot of different translations, but literally the word damam is used there, and what it means is wait. God says, I'm in the wait. God is wait. He's with us when we wait, and there are times we will have travail. It's part of it. We're going to wait. We're in the spinning, and it can't stop. That's what David lamented about all the time. Why am I still being chased? Hmm. Why is Saul still after me? I've been anointed. Why did Joseph spend how many years in prison? 17, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So God is in the wait. Yeah. I think that's oh, something thanks. we miss. Thanks, Rod. That's exactly, and that's the renewing of the mind, too. Mm-hmm. And that's why, in fact, the New Testament says that, right? And we go through all this suffering, that, but daily he renews our mind. And I think it's in the waiting, Rod. That, that's excellent. So here's some points just to finish up with this podcast. Look at your circumstances. Pray for wisdom. Ask yourself, what am I believing? What am I believing? You know, we cope. We, it, things become the trouble with a lot of situations. They become our norm. They become our norm. Uh, Rod, I've worked with homeless people. Uh, many times, and some I can't get, I, I tell them, I say, listen, if you don't stop soon, it's going to become a state of mind. And, and, and pretty soon it's your norm. And it's so scary to bust out of a norm. I've, I've put homeless people in hotels to get them off, and by one one thirty in the morning, they're back out in the street. You know, it's just their norm. It's, it's, it's scary to change the norm. And, and so, you know, we need to find those lies. What's keeping us there? Get rid of them. Accept the truth. Give uh, an example of a few lies, Ron. We have we have a few minutes. Well, here. nobody loves me, uh, or I'm. I, there's no use in trying. I'll always be this way. I'm and a now, failure. Where do those come from? Are they from the past? People saying that? Are they reinforcements? Well, or just because you've been at it so long? Or a little bit of both. I mean, these things. This is why I teach. You know, emotional resilience. And the first part is, you know, about our childhood. A lot of these things come out of childhood, and they're not. You know, I don't think the parents and that mean to do these things. But let me give an example. Let's say there's a, a, a young girl that has been shamed, body shamed or something and feels, you know, insecure. And some people bullied her, talked about her. Now when she gets ready to go to school, she's thinking, I'm not one of the popular people. Something's wrong with me. Um, you know, they don't like me. And so she's walking down the hall. And she has to go down that hall where their lockers are, you know, to get to hers. And there they are over there, and she sees them, but then she turns her head, does the, you know, posture of shame as she's walking through the hall. But she can't help but look again. She looks again, and there they are laughing. At that moment, she turns her head, starts, a tear comes up in her eye, and who do you think she thinks they're laughing at? At her. Sure. They could have been laughing about anything. It could have been a joke. Uh, yeah, they could have been laughing about uh, 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 the night before. They were telling a joke, exactly. But right then, she reinforced 
what she had already believed. And we do this thousands and thousands of times. What started off could have been, it could have been mother combing her hair and said, boy, this hair of yours, you know, no one's, you know, boy, if we don't do something with this, something, you know, just out of desperate, tired of combing the hair or something, boy, you know, you're never going to get a boyfriend or joking. Could have yeah. been, it could have been an innocent thing. But, and then, of course, peer pressures, all that stuff. So those things come and we, we perpetuate them. We continue to believe them and we don't even know them. The, as soon as she looked, her brain didn't say, well, you're no good, you're ugly. It just went, Pah. that's all it had to say. She, uh, her brain already knows exactly what she's believing. And it's because then it's a felt experience. That's why it's so important to say, ask yourself, what do you believe? Feel what you're feeling. Feel what you're feeling. Then ask yourself, what am I believing? Because you, ha- you have to focus to get it sometimes. And those things are lies. They're lies. I can, you can take me to any room with any group of 100 people, and there will not be one ugly person in that room. You can question that. You can pull out pictures of models and say, oh, no, you know, they're, look at here. That person looks nowhere like that. Well, look at that person's face or look at this. Everybody is beautiful, beautiful in many different ways. But yet society has molded us. And when I tell a group of that, you should see the heads turn and down and everything. How many people don't really believe that about themselves? That they're beautiful. They're beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's hard. So those are the things. So we need to start accepting what God says about us, what's true about us. We need to get a vision. Lord, give me a vision. That's that part of that adapting, right? That's part of a renewing of our mind. That's getting that new plan. Lord, what about the future? What's the vision? The past does not have to define us. Hmm. doesn't have to define us. We can let it, but it doesn't have to define us. God gives us a do-over card, and we can do over. Trust in God. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We can praise him and have gratitude. Gratitude changes a lot of these things. And then, of course, we already talked about acceptance, right? Acceptance is really important. And then finally, let's be content with the real things. And when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, man, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, we can still have all those things in almost all our circumstances so we can call upon him for those things, those things that make us resilient, that make us bounce back. And so, again, you know, expectations happen. We can lament when the the things aren't the way we feel they are, but then we can surrender to him and we wait on him and then he renews our mind and we move on. Fantastic stuff, Ron. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Mr. Change Agent Podcast with Ron Ovid, minister, pastoral counselor, teacher, recovery coach, and author. He's also creator of Emotional Relearning. And you can find out much more about this at one of two different websites. Uh, he has the empowerforliving.com and the mrchangeagent.com. You can go to either one of those. If you want to go to empowerforliving.com, go forward slash resources, all types of things there. You can also find him on the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and punch in Mr. Change Agent, 
and that will go to that channel and all types of materials there for you to listen to and to subscribe there as well. And then for books, go to Amazon and just type in Ronald Ovid. That's Ronald Ovid. All his books will come up. So thank you again for joining us. Tell others about this podcast and join us next time on Mr. Change Agent Podcast. 